This is our fourth session on Colossians 3, 18 to 21, and we are still with verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And I said last time, after looking at reasons from creation in Genesis 1 through 5, that it is fitting for women and men to relate to each other differently because of being different by God's creation design, I said that we would now look at the implications of in the Lord, fitting in the Lord, which is a massive reality transforming everything in life. So, Father, as we try to get at the implications of in the Lord for a wife's submission to her husband, I pray that we would discern some, if not all, of its beautiful, precious implications for her and for the husband, for the children. In Jesus' name, amen. So I proposed last time a definition that I've altered a little bit, a possible definition of submission. As a new creation in Christ, and under his, Christ's, supreme lordship, a Christian wife's submission to her husband is an intelligent, fearless, joyful disposition to affirm and receive and nurture the strength and leadership of her husband. Now, let me unpack a few of those because I'm trying to explain what in the Lord does to submission. I start by saying she is a new creation in Christ. She is a believer and a newborn creation. And as part of that, she is under Christ's supreme lordship. Her husband is a leader. He is not Lord the way Jesus is Lord. Therefore, we're going to see why that implies disposition here. But let me give a reason for saying this. Here's Galatians 3, 26 to 29. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. That includes Christian women. And you might stumble over that and say, well, I want to be a daughter of God, not a son of God. Well, actually, probably you don't, because this is an elevation, not a uh, critique or a diminution in, in refusing to call women sons of God, probably the readers would have heard right. Sons have primogeniture, that is, they have the rights of inheritance. The women don't. And Paul, by calling all of us, the women and the men, sons of God, is ensuring that we realize the rest of this text. So let's read the rest of it and see what it implies. We're all sons of God through faith, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, 
So we're in Christ. We put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. That's a very radical statement. There's no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. You are heirs. That's why sons are so important. You are heirs according to the promise. Now, this does not mean that there is no such thing as male or female in every respect. If that were the case, there'd be no marriage, there'd be no having babies, there'd be no families. No male and female means in this context, it doesn't make a distinction in your being a son of God. It doesn't make a distinction in being in Christ Jesus. Male and female doesn't make a distinction in putting on Christ. Male and female doesn't make a distinction in being one in Christ. Male and female doesn't make a distinction in belonging to Jesus as fully as every man and woman does. Being male and female doesn't make a distinction in being Abraham's offspring. Being male and female doesn't make a distinction in being heirs. In other words, there is great meaning to saying no male and no female, but it doesn't mean no distinctions whatsoever. We know that because of all the other passages like the one we're working on now. Wives, submit to your husbands. There's a real difference between a wife and a husband, and this wife submission goes this direction. The husband doesn't do the same. He loves his wife. So, in defining the submission by starting this way, I'm underlining the radical effect of in the Lord, fitting in the Lord. She is now quite aware that she is a new creation in Christ, just as fully as her husband is. She is under the lordship of Jesus, because to be a Christian is to say Jesus is Lord, and he is Lord of the husband, he's Lord of the wife, and therefore the husband is not her absolute Lord. Christ is, which has a massive implication, and let me point out what it is. I said here that my suggestion is that submission means a disposition to affirm and receive and nurture leadership from the husband. She affirms his leadership. She receives his leadership. She nurtures it, meaning she uses all of her gifts to make this leadership better because she's better than him in many ways. Many wives are smarter. They know the Bible better. They're more articulate. And she won't lord it over her husband, but she will nurture in every appropriate way the leadership of her husband. And I'm saying it's a disposition to do that because it can't be an absolute commitment to do that. It can't be an absolute commitment to receive and accept his leadership because this leadership might say, hey, come, let's sin together. Let's lie about our income tax, or let's go have some group sex, or let's watch this filthy video. And she's going to say, with a disposition to receive, I can't receive that leadership at this point because of this supreme lordship. So to be in the Lord, 
her disposition or her submission is qualified. It cannot be absolute. It's the same with all other commitments in the Christian life to authority, children to parents and citizens to governments and students to teachers and employees to bosses. This text right here is fundamental. The authorities strictly charge you, you apostles, not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Now that qualification stands over every submission of the Christian. Submission to parents, submission to husbands, submission to church elders, submission to governmental authorities and police. We must obey God. Wherever this submission of the wife calls her to disobey Jesus, she doesn't submit in behavior, but she can, I'm arguing, maintain a biblical and spiritual and obedient disposition. She can say to her husband, who is leading her into sin, Dear husband, I affirm that you are in God's role as to my leader, and I am happy to have it so. I'm glad to receive your leadership. I want to be useful in making your leadership as good as it can be, but I cannot follow you into sin. Now, that is a submissive disposition that I think is obedient to God in every way without being controlled by her husband as if he were infallible. He's not infallible. Why do I say that in the Lord this submission will be intelligent? Why did I choose that word? I chose it because here in 1 Peter 1, the wife is said to do this, likewise wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, which means this woman is not an unbeliever. She's a believer, and the husband's an unbeliever, which means she's using her own mind to follow Jesus. She's choosing against her husband's faith or lack of faith. That's what I mean by intelligence. She has a brain. God gave it to her. He means for her to use it to decide whether Christianity is true or not. And this woman has decided Christ is real. And she's trying to win her husband now. I choose the word fearless because First Peter goes on to say, this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, that is, you are truly heirs of or offspring of Abraham and, and Sarah, so to speak, and heirs of the promise, you are truly her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. This woman is a new creation in Christ. She's under the lordship of Jesus. 
She does not need to be afraid of anything in this world because Christ is going to work everything together for her good. And then I chose the word joyful here because that's the mark of the Christian life for men and women, husbands and wives in the Lord, as it is made plain in the prayer in chapter one of Colossians. I pray that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, you women, you men, you wives, you husbands, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, and therefore joy abounds in this marriage. So my definition then, my proposed definition for submission here in Colossians 3, 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord, goes like this, as a new creation in Christ and under his supreme lordship, a Christian wife's submission to her husband is an intelligent, fearless, joyful disposition to affirm it, affirm this leadership and strength, to affirm and to receive it gladly, fearlessly, with hope, to nurture it, to realize that she has many spiritual gifts that he doesn't have. She has wisdom on some things that he doesn't have, and therefore their one flesh union really does mean an enrichment of his leadership because of being united to her, the strength and leadership of her husband. <laughs>